I'm Diana Vowles, uh, CEO of Startup AZ. And for those of you who are not familiar with Startup AZ, we work with early stage founders, typically tech and software founders. We help identify the highest potential companies in Arizona. We bring those founders together and help accelerate their growth. We've been around for about seven years and we have worked with almost 100 entrepreneurs who are building amazing companies in Arizona under the foundation of generosity and paying it forward to future entrepreneurs. So with that, let me get settled in here and we'll get on to the real show. So I'm, I'm very excited to be here tonight uh, with our very special guest. So let me tell you a little bit about Brian. Brian's going to join me up here on stage in a minute, but first I want you to, to hear a little bit about him and his accomplishments. So he's been a Phoenix area resident for about 15 years, um, a 20-year veteran in the real estate industry, and he's the co-founder and CEO of OfferPad since it began in 2015. Now let's talk a little bit about the origin of OfferPad and how they came about. So it started, as I mentioned, in 2015. Um, by some of the top real estate professionals in the country. It has a singular mission to make real estate better for the consumer. So why did they do this? Well, this group had more than 100,000 real estate transactions and the leadership team had seen every pain point and stressor in the buying and selling process. And the list seemed endless. With that, they did what a lot of good entrepreneurs do. They saw a problem, they created a solution. So they knew that there was a better way and they created that. They applied smart technology to their residential real estate expertise to develop a simpler process for homeowners with a few keystrokes. You can share information about your home and receive a cash offer in just 24 hours. 24 hours. So there's no home prep for showings, no open houses, no cleaning, no updates, all of the things that have been painful in real estate forever. And you choose your closing date up to 90 days. So you work on your own time, timeline. And they'll even move you locally for free. So building on their initial cash product, OfferPad now offers listing services, mortgages, and even buying options. They're continually looking for new solutions in the residential real estate game to make life easier for us. Born here in the East Valley, OfferPad went public last year in September and they continue to show monumental growth through this year. In fact, Q1 of 2022 was the best quarter in the company's history. And with, with that, I'd like to introduce you and welcome to the stage the co-founder and CEO of OfferPad, Brian Baer. Welcome. I think they need us using both mics to pick it yeah, up. Yeah, well, oh, there's another one here. Oh. That's what I'm wondering. All kinds of mics. Hello, hello? Yes. Pick a mic, any mic. Wonderful. Well, well thanks for joining me. Of course. Yes, Are yes. you ready to get grilled? I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> I'll do anything for the town of Chandler. All right. Well, as I mentioned, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs and... Um, People are always interested in, in what got you here. Like, where, where did this come from? So we'd like to go back to kind of the early days. Tell us a little bit about Brian. I think you grew up in Utah, is that right? Idaho. 
Oh, you Idaho. grew up in Idaho. Yes. Uh, okay. The same up there. But yeah, I grew up in Idaho. What led me to Arizona was real estate. I was investing in real estate for several years between 2001, 2005. And of course, during that time, everything I would invest in, I'd look like a genius because boom, it, you know, the returns were amazing. And then I moved down here. I sold my companies I was involved in at that point, moved down to Arizona to sit by the pool and watch my, all my real estate investments. And then 2005, 2006, 2007 hit and the market went this. And so I actually got my real estate license at that time to really protect some of the investments that, that, that I was in. And, and that's how I really got, in, got into real estate. So started there and then obviously that was distressed inventory. We started buying, we bought thousands of homes in the Arizona area in the distressed side. And that's kind of what led me into to, to the real estate world. Okay, well, if you don't mind, let's go back a little further. Okay. Talk to us about Brian. I was born at 558. <laughs> I was a beautiful baby. So you're, as a kid, like what was your first business experience or entrepreneurial experience? Selling newspapers. Selling so newspapers. So at that time, you could get, I'm going to sound old here, maybe not that old, I don't know, but you would have to, you'd have newspaper routes that you go knock on the door and it'd have to, you know, so they'd only give, when at that time you were like 12 or 13, you'd get one newspaper out per person. So what I did is I, I had probably 30 people working for me at that time with different newspaper routes. And so I set up a car that would go deliver all the newspapers and set up, a, I mean, so I, that's kind of my, newspapers was kind of our first, my first kind of business thing. And then and then I was lucky enough to follow my, my mother was very successful and, and as a talent agent at that, um, as I was growing up and got to learn a lot from her and then eventually worked with her. But kind of the first thing I think of what got me into to business was, was the newspaper business. So, so how old were you then? 12 maybe. So 11, you had 12. 30 people working for you uh, Well, you here's, I actually had some of my friend's parents working for me. So I guess at that time, I tried to put up more because at that time you had, you had to have a truck and put all the newspapers in the back of the truck and then you'd have to go throw them out and do all this thing. And, and so I'm like, why are we all doing this together? So I would go get different routes and then we would, we would anyway. So yeah, it was, it was more of a, it was, that was kind of wow. my first, I realized that volume solves a lot of things, not just, you know, not, not just one, one at a time. Good early lessons. Yeah. Wow. Um, so as a, as a youth and growing up and getting into business, did you have a mentor? I did. My, my mother, I just mentioned her. My mother was, um, like I wouldn't, like I said, I wouldn't be here today without my mother. That's a little ironic, but you know what I mean? Um, my mother was incredible at business. Um, she, you know, she taught me some of the really core factors of business that, and I live with it every day today. I just came from meetings at OfferPad and and results rule. Um, and my mom also taught me that you could be really kind in business and still be a good person and be successful, but also results rule. And there's not a lot of excuses. And so I remember, you know, graduating high school, then I played for a year and I was like, well, I got my mom, she has this job, let's go work for my mom someday. And, and then when I was like 19, I went there, hey mom, I'm ready to, you know, hire me, you know, I'm ready to go. And she's like, you're not qualified, I'm not going to hire you, go get a real job and then come back to me. And I'm like, mom, what? You know, and, and so I, that's what I did. I went out there and I was a delivery driver for a year and, and, and different things. And, and literally year one, I went back and said, hey, mom, let's, you know, I'm ready to go. And, and she's like, well, okay, well, I'm going to start you on the front desk and, and, you know, do a good job. If you do a job, good job at the front desk, you can move up. And, and so I was at the front desk answering phones. All my friends made fun of me because I was going to go be this big-time talent agent at 19, and I was answering, the, how can I direct your call? And that, that's what I remember. But, but that was really important um, you know, as, as, as I looked at that. And one of the other things as I talk about mentors is my mom was so important to me, and, you know, and I worked with her for 10 years until we sold the companies. And then 
but I also had my mom who was kind of glitz and glamour of talent agent. My dad was an over-the-road truck driver. So I saw, and they were divorced, and I saw both worlds at that time of my dad was working so hard and, 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 and you know, loved my dad, had so much respect for my dad. And then I saw my mom and just, it was just two different worlds. And it, 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 it taught me that, that hard work is obviously really important, but in everything that you do, you gotta get results. Well, that's great. So are your friends impressed now? <laughs> some of them, some of them, yes. All right, great. Um, so we talked about lessons learned and mentors. Can you share with us um, an early business mistake and, and what you learned from it? Oh my it? gosh, I could spend three hours on business mistakes. You know, I'm a big believer that, you know, if you're not making mistakes, you're not trying hard enough and you're not pushing the envelope. Like all the time what I encourage people to do um, on our team is go out and make mistakes, go out and challenge yourself because as you're pioneering things, there's no playbook, you know, so you always have to, you, you have to make mistakes. I will tell you specifically two things that come to mind. One, um, you know, when you, and you sit there and you start, I started, when I started OfferPad, I started another company called Elevation. I started, I mean, I, I had Bear Group at that time, which was more of like a, a, a traditional brokerage. So I had three or four, and plus I had, you know, personally, I had a, two kids during that time too, it was crazy. But, um, but at that time, I, I did too much too quickly. And, mm -hmm. and, I, and you know, you get in, especially when you get passionate about things, you spread yourself too thin. Um, you know, OfferPad's always been my passion, real estate, trying to solve people's problems. And so that's, that's really what I got passionate about. So, so trying to do too much too, with, with so many different um, opportunities early on. And, you know, Elevation's been very successful. Other companies have been successful. But, but, but uh, so that was there. And then the, the second part probably, and specifically to OfferPad, I remember, is I tried, to, I tried to automate things too soon. I came from a traditional real estate world. And I saw all the pain points the consumer had. And I was like, we can automate all of this. And it was way too far ahead of where the consumers were at that time. They, they, you know, getting at that time to understand that you could sell your house online was a big enough jump. And I was trying to put too much services to them that were, so um, that was a mistake I made early on with OfferPad. So then we, we, we built out what we call solution experts and solution teams that could help them answer the questions. Because a lot of people want to do things digitally and online, but they might have one or two questions. They, they, they don't need you until they need you. And when they do need you, they want you, you know, at that point. And so um, that, that was something that was, that was important and, and, and definitely a lesson. So you knew that technology was there and things could be automated, but consumers just weren't ready for they it? Weren't ready for it yet. What, can you remember any key moments that kind of flipped the switch where you're like, oh, now they're ready for this piece or this piece? Yeah, and that's something that we, you know, I'm still old school. I still talk. I, I will still randomly call our homeowners and say, hey, how could we do better? What, what could we do? Um, you know, and, and, and I, it's not that I just call people that maybe were just, you know, they, they gave us great ratings or didn't give us good ratings. Just random. Like, what, what could we do better? And so that's really where I learned is that, you know, for example, um, one of the things that, that, that we were doing at that time, again, automating too much of it from the home inspections to the, the closing date. Like, there was a lot of the communication we didn't need to do with them at that time. But they didn't have the trust in what we were doing because we're going, okay, you pick your closing date. I want to close in three weeks from now. And we're going, okay, we'll close. No problem. But that three weeks, they were getting very anxious. Like, hey, and, and so the feedback I had from customers was, hey, you were sending me emails, but I didn't ever talk to a live person. So I was concerned that there was going to be like a, 
you know, a, a trick in here, or hey, you weren't going to close, or you know, right before closing, you know, and all those things. And so, we're like, okay, let's 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 make sure we have touch points with with our solution advisors, and and let's make sure we're 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 giving them the information that they want, and 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 so that's you know, there, there's a bunch of examples like that, but trying to go with the customer's pace because everything that they that they know, I mean. You know, the, the question I get a lot is, and especially sitting here, and, you know, I have a lot of respect for real estate agents. The, the question that, you know, I always get is like, well, what does this do to real estate agents? And, and, and how's that? And I'm like, you know, I have a lot of respect for real estate agents. What, what I'm trying to do is fix the platform that customers get to work from. And there's so much out of control. As being an agent myself for, you know, for years, there was only so much of that I could control. So I'm trying to figure out how can I give customers more and more of that control. And so that's where it's a balance between awesome technology and automation, but also having that human touch when they need it. Got it. So the last couple of years, people have gotten more comfortable with technology and the pandemic has pushed a lot of things forward. You said you're still asking your customers right now what you can do better. What do they yep. want now? What, what kind of feedback are they giving you now on what they want? They, they want, uh, I would still today, I feel like they're still, depends. Let me, let, me, let me separate those two. We have the markets that we've been in, the, lo the longer markets we've been in, Phoenix was one of our first markets, Atlanta, Tampa, those are our first markets, and then newer markets. You know, we're still trying um, in, in newer markets to show the to, to tell new customers what we're doing and get that get that same level of trust we have in some of our more legacy markets, because and and, and I tell people all the time how you give people trust is you do exactly what you say you're going to do, you, you you close on the day that they're going to close you do, you know you do some different things so so on that end of it you know we've so the newer markets we still have to educate and, and let and let the homeowners know that you know we're we're we we're going to do what they, we we say we're going to do. In the in the markets we've been in for a while, they, they've got they've got smart. They they know neighbors that have sold their home with us, and and remember, we're in a business that people that people transact once every seven to ten years. It's different than food delivery or mm -hmm. you know Amazon and some of the things you're doing. And so, um, and so when we look at market share and we look at our growth, you have you know we. we Seven years ago, there wasn't an iBuyer existed. We just were starting when now people are now selling their homes. So there's always some re-education that goes on with that of, hey, here's a new way that, that you can sell your home. And so, um, but people in, our, in a market that's been there for a while, they know more of what they want. You know, we, we did something I was really proud of, and this is kind of where you challenged the team, is we closed a home in, in 24 hours last, um, last, you know. And so yeah. I was super proud of that because that was in an HOA. I was told my entire career that couldn't be done. And so someone literally came to us on a Wednesday and had all their proceeds on a Thursday um, in an HOA. And so we want to keep challenging and, and we want to listen to our customers of what they want and we want to have those solutions for them. Well, so you just read my next question. Oh. I heard that you had a closing that was 24 hours. Yeah. And you know, for anyone who's bought and sold a home, the process yeah. seems to drag on forever. How do you do it in 24 hours? What well, did you have to do? So here's, here's, here's the thing. Like a lot of what goes on in real estate it's nobody's fault. There's just a lot of humans involved in it, you know, from from home inspections and 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 uh, you know getting an appraisal and you know going through the entire process, the buyer getting the getting the the, the their lender set up and having to close in 30 to 35 days. If you can close cash and you can do so, what we did in this 24-hour close is we did our inspection the same day. So we had people out there doing a home inspection out there the same day, and you know checked off good. Um, well, if the home inspection is good and we know what we're buying, then we can 
close the next day. There's really, there's nothing else that we need on that end of it. And that's the advantage of, of having cash and closing. But also we have to be, you know, especially as, as we see the market normalized and a lot of things that are happening, you know, what we want to do is make sure we know what we're buying. That's, that's the most important thing. And, and so, but in, in that 24 hours, when we know what we're buying, we, we can close that quickly. And, and you know, the, the challenge there are things outside of our control, homeowners associations. A lot of, in, in a lot of states, homeowners associations need 10 or 12 days to get, to get the information they need and all that. And so the challenge I had for everybody is like, hey, you know, we can do this. Let's, let's make everyone get better. And, and if we all get better, the customer wins. And when the customer yes. wins, we all win. So that, that's, that, that, that's where the 24-hour close was really important. And, and the other thing that was important about 24 hours is really challenging my team of, you know, I had a lot of, you know, old school real estate people going, hey, 24 hours, yeah. an HOA and all this. And I'm like, guys, we, we can do this. And so let's, you know, and, 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 and that's the thing, you've got to keep pushing yourself of what's achievable. So many people hold themselves to all the reasons why you can't do something than the reasons why you can. And, yeah. you, you know, figure out why you can. And, and if you fail doing it, you fail doing it. But, you know, keep pushing yourself and challenging. So let's talk uh, one more question about the product itself. So you, you talk to your customers, you find out what they want. What's one thing that customers want right now that you can't yet give them but you would like to? Buy the house and rent it back for, from, from us for a year or two. Okay. That's something that we, we, we're getting a lot of research on that, that people are wanting that. Our model is we want to buy, renovate, and sell the home in 100 days. So we want to move through it. So we buy it. We, 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 once we close it, we have our renovation teams out there. We want to do our renovations in about 15 days. And then we want to put it right on the market and we want to sell it. So that on that end of it. Our model is not set up currently to buy the house and then rent it back to somebody who wants to get their liquidity out of their house but also stay in the same house. Okay. So that, that, that's something just fresh in mind that, that we're, getting, we're getting feedback on that as well. Um, now listen, the, the, that doesn't mean we're not gonna do it in the future. Um, you know, what we wanna do, the, the, the thing that's, that, that's, that's one of the hardest things about what we do is saying no and staying disciplined to you kind of, in real estate, as people that have been in real estate or have sold homes understand, it's a massive market. You know, there, there's, you know, people look at real estate as just selling your house. Well, you gotta sell your house, you gotta get a mortgage, you gotta get a home inspection. Okay. There's just so many things that, that come in, in into that, you gotta move, you do all, the, all these different things. Um, and so, you know, trying to simplify that, but also understanding you gotta kind of take each challenge one at a time. Um, and because if you do, you know, what you don't want to do, I kind of mentioned with other businesses, is spread yourself so thin that you're given 10%, 10 different areas. So we're, we want to, when we roll out new products, focus on that product, roll another product. And so um, you, you'll see a lot more products coming from us in the future. Great. So I saw a recent interview with you where you talked about um, not just the buying, but other services that you're offering. Mm -hmm. What other service is taking off the fastest? Yeah, so um, definitely our flex program. So the, um, and I would, I would caveat with our bundle services. And so the number one reason someone doesn't sell the offer pad is because they don't like our price. They think they can get more on the open market, especially what we've seen over the last year um, with home price appreciation and, and, and a lack of inventory and those different things. And so what we want to do and what's important to me is that we want to give customers a choice. What's the best thing for them at that moment? And every one of us, 
you know, home ownership is different than really any other, it's not really a widget. It's, it's something that's, you know, and, and a lot of people will talk about how home ownership, it's because it's personal, it's where they raise kids or their family and those different things. Really, it's because most of their net worth is tied up in their home. Really, there's a lot, there's a lot of equity tied up in their home and it gives them that, that level of security. So what we want to do is we want to make sure, listen, we want to um, uh, give the best offer we can to every customer all the time, but that's not going to work for everybody. And so if that doesn't work, we, want, we have another solution that they can bundle services. And so if they want to work with, we can help market their home, um, basically list their home on the open market to see if they could get other, an, another offer on their home that's higher than the offer that we can give. But if not, we'll keep our offer in a backup position up to 60 days. So for example, if we say, hey, there's a home, we think we, you know, that your home's valued at 305, and the homeowner says, no, I think I can get 315. We'll say, okay, that's fine. We'll help you market that home. We'll list it for 315. And if you get it, great. We'll make a service fee from that. And if not, um, we'll we have our backup offer that you can pull that, push that button anytime you want that you can take the cash offer. And so now that that with our bundle program, people are able to not just sell us that current home, but use our mortgage product and help, and we can help them find their next home so they can bundle it all together. You know, and the thing that I'm, I'm really proud about, probably more proud than anything else um, with, with, with OfferPad is, you know, we have a 94% customer satisfaction score, and that's hard to do in real estate. We have an NPS score of, 70, of over 70, and I'm bragging a little bit, but I'm also telling you that you have to have a product that works. And if, when, and if customers don't like your product, it doesn't matter how much you try to push them. Customers are so smart, they're gonna use what they're gonna use. But, but because of that, we're seeing that our bundle program is even, is, it, people like that even more than just, I mean, when they can bundle all the services, they don't have to deal with any of the headache together. With, they can trade in their current house, find their next home, use a mortgage. They love it. And so you're going to see, you're gonna see it, you know, that, that growing more and more in, in all of our markets across the country. Yeah, I love that idea of the offer. So I can sit on an offer. Which, so as a, as a consumer, it, you know, it, it makes me trust your company. Right. Uh, well, and, and again, what we want, and, and that's why it's really important, is that we want the customer to win. And, and, and you know, every, cost, every company will tell you that. You know, every company will say, hey, you know, we're all, we're, we're all about customer service. But we really want, if you go into real estate right now, you know, the customer is more educated they've ever been in the history of the world about real estate. You're not going to fool them. You're not going to trick them. You've got to have them make the best decision for themselves. And, and decisions can be from, hey, I have dogs. It's really hard to show my home. So I want, to, I want the cash offering. It could be, hey, my neighbor put a flower bed in the backyard and they got $10,000 more for their home than you're willing to pay me. Let me try that. You know, okay, we'll help you try that. So it's really kind of pick your path and pick your journey. We want to be there for you to help you through the, the entire process. Great. So let's talk about this past year. Exciting yeah. times for you. Um, talk to us about going public. You know, what made that, you say or what made leadership say it's time to look at this and, and why the route that you took? Yeah, there, there's a lot there um, in going public. And so what happens when you're, a te when you're a company growing as fast as we were growing, and I think you mentioned we got up, you know, year over year growing 400% and, and all this is that well, a couple things. You need capital to grow and you, need to be, and you need to have your efficiencies and scalability in place. And so as we were growing as fast as we were, we had to look at what's the best place. So, you know, do we stay private, go out and raise more private equity? Um, at that time, there was a lot of a lot of um, kind of uh, 
a lot of sizzle with going public at that time of, of, of what happened. There was a SPAC, there were different things that were going public. And so one of the things that were, were good with going public, it was basically a faster track to going public, which we knew that's where we wanted to be at some point. Um, and so, you know, to, 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 from concept to really going public in, in five years, I was really proud of that. And I was really proud because you know, when you go public, there's a lot of our, our key members because right now it's easy for, when, when we hire somebody, it's easy for them to, to believe in the offer pad story because of, hey, you know, we're a public company, here's what we've done. And so, but early on, when we're above the Santan Mall and, and, and we're in, you know, in a one office and this is where we're starting and people believed in offer pad and our mission at that time and to go public, and for our team members to, to be part of that. And it was really special. And one of the things that was probably my, my highlight um, of going public is I mentioned my mom. I had, the mom up, I had my mom up on stage with me to oh, celebrate nice. the moment. And it was really special to me because she was the reason, you know, she taught me so much about business and about doing things the right way um, that have her up there was really, really special. Nice. So talk to us a little bit about those early days. So you're building We didn't work. make one mistake the whole time. It was just <laughs> perfect. You were perfect from yes, day one. Yes, yes. So in the early days, you know, what was your approach to galvanizing the workforce and to get them behind this new thing yeah. that not a lot of people were doing? Yeah, and, and, and that's really important is people have to believe in the mission because in the early days, you know, you, 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 get, you get people there and it's more, of a, it's more of a concept. It's more of a dream of what you want to change in an industry. And, and so... To, to galvanize people, you have to get with the mission and and what I what I really proud about, especially some of the early people at that time, is all of us have the mission of let's make the consumer, let's make the customer have a better experience when selling their home. Um, and you can look at a bunch of data of how miserable it is for people to sell their home. They don't like the and and what's happening around us is customers are are, are more used to certainty than they've ever been. For, you know, if you want to order a car, you know exactly when it's going to be here. If you want to order groceries, if you want to order, everything is, 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 is a click away in your phone. And then, you know, I have a lot of respect to what Carvana was doing in, in, in the auto industry at that time. You can trade in your, you know, trade in your, 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 so everything was changing. And you're saying, hey, listen, you know, real estate, you know, you have to give customers more control than they're used to and more certainty than they're used to. And again, different path for everybody, but that, that was important. So getting people behind that mission is, hey, let's go do this, to, let's go do this together. Let's make something special for the customers and let's figure out what they want um, and then let's go build upon that. And that, that, that was really special in, in, in the early days. So you get this early team behind you. Um, have you been able to retain a lot of those folks? Do you have a lot of most, your early folks? Most, you know, our... Our, our, uh, our turnover, it's funny, I have investors ask me, is your turnover not good enough? I mean, you know, yeah. because you, you get on there. But, but a lot of the people that have been with us, um, and you know, I got I to cheat code a little bit because I got to bring people from the real estate industry I already knew from, either from a company that I had with Bear Group or other industries. So they, they, they believed in the mission and, and they got in there. But but yeah, people is, you know, and, and especially with the fascinating, you know, with the growth that we had. But I'll tell you, it's, it's in, in, you know, people who are starting up companies, there is a certain, everybody wants to be part of a startup when they talk mm -hmm. about it. And everyone wants to be, you know, this quote unquote entrepreneur when you talk about it, how cool it is and, 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 and all this. But when you're on 100, 100, you know, a week, you know, whatever, 15, and you've worked 100 hour weeks, 115 hour weeks, 
time after time after time, and you have that balance, you're trying to balance your family and your life and everything else, and you're going, what the hell? You know, there's more, there's more no's in a startup than there are yeses, if, uh, and, and more of people going, well, hold on, isn't places, hasn't there been an offer pad before? Hasn't there been this? People will always look for negative in anything you do, and so staying positive and keeping the team motivated is really important. And how you get motivation is you get rushed. You get, you know, anytime you get a customer saying this was the best real estate experience I've ever had, boom, you get rushed by that. And you go, let's do that again. And and so, but it is hard. It's challenging and 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 to keep people, yeah. But we've we have a lot of our, our original team members to, that, that are still there, which is which is fantastic. So yeah, building a startup is not easy. I, I know a lot of entrepreneurs. Um, I think it's really important, you know, as you build a company that you're celebrating different milestones. Was there any any specific way that you celebrated milestones with your team? Yeah, <laughs> there 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 was. I mean, we, we did a bunch of different. Someone brought in like this gong thing. Other people brought a bell, and I mean, it was it was it was. So we did a lot of a, a lot of a lot of different things. Um, you know what we what we did was really at the all hands meeting. What what we did in the early days is we'd always put a customer quote on there, and then everyone would celebrate the customer quote. Like it, it sounds really cheesy. I'm saying that loud now, but at that time it's really important because you know when people you know the hardest thing about OfferPad in the early days was not just educating investors, but educating the customers about what you're doing. They've known real estate the same way for a long time. Um, and so trying to kind of shout from the rooftops of why you're different and educating them and all that. And so when you have customers, and, and we would always, you know, a lot of the, and we still hear this today, but it's, it's hey, this feels too good to be true. Was there something that you were going to, that, that really empowers the team. And still today, it, 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 it empowers us. And, you know, still from, you know, now we're almost seven years into the company, you know, we still do once a month, we do voice of the customer, where we have an hour meeting and we talk about um, all the good and bad of the customers, what the experience and all of the vendors that we use and the experience they have. And what I love about the team is we spend, now we spend about five to 10 minutes about all the good stuff and pats on the back and the other 50 minutes about what could we do better. What did what? How did we fail this customer? If they weren't happy with one thing that we did, how can we make it? How can we make it better? And so, again, we just want to continue to challenge ourselves and 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 trying to make everyone have an awesome experience. Great. So this year has been an interesting year. Markets are changing. I haven't I haven't heard really. <laughs> you know, a few players have left the market. Yeah. Um, so, what does OfferPad need to do? going into the next year or two yeah. with this volatile market condition. Does it yeah, look different? No, you know, yeah, definitely different. A absolutely different. Um, and I went into a little bit before, and, and, and not to get too preachy here, but when I talked a little bit before about how people were valuing companies, there was one thing that the people, that, that when I say people, that private equity, VCs were valuing, it was all on growth. Growth led to customer uh, buy-in, and so the higher, the, the the more you were growing, literally private equity companies early in in OfferPad days weren't even looking at what your numbers were. They were, I mean, you know, from what your uh, your your profits were, they were just looking at how much your growth is, how much your growth is. The hardest thing to do in real estate is to buy market share through real estate because you have a customer that transacts once every seven years. So you go in there, and 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 a lot of uh, growth mindset is. You overpay and you figure out, and then and then that's how you grow market share. Well, real estate's much much different. So where the market has drastically changed, um, especially the last year or two years, and especially with what we're seeing today, is there is a absolute focus on profitability. Um, growth is still important, 
Um, but but everyone's done a 180 now. It is it is definitely growth first. I'm sorry, um, profit first, growth second, um, which is which is important. And quite honestly, that's really the way it should be. Um, I mean, there there you have to grow as a company. There's no question. But there has to be a rhyme or a reason for why you're growing, and there has to be responsible growth. And um, I mean, think about it, guys. You know, we had when, when do, doing some of the roadshow going public. I had companies that we were growing 400% a year that told me I wasn't growing fast enough. I mean, th think about that, you know, and you're going, that's pretty, you know, when you're public, if you're growing 10 to 15% a year, people are pretty excited by that, right? And so, um, so anyway, so yeah, that, that we, we feel that plays to our favor and our skill set of making sure we're, we're growing really fast, but also really responsibly at the same time. So you talked about your vendors a few minutes ago. Have they had to change, have you pushed them yes. to be better and to change and what kind of thing? Can you share so here, any example? Oh, of that? I'll give you a great example. So today, um, we just had our moving company in. So when somebody uses OfferPad, we'll move you for free. As long as it's in the same metro area, we'll move you. And that's important to me. And, and it's not easy. And that's what I'm saying. Like, if, if we try doing everything that's easy, we always have to push ourselves. And because it's a, and from a customer's perspective, it's not just moving. It's, you know, like, I got to move from one house to another. It's like, how do I do it? Everyone is so busy today. And so when someone sells to OfferPad, we'll have a moving company come and move them from one house to another house, which is fantastic. The customers love it. It rates off the charts. Well, the problem with it is now we have another company that's dealing with the customer um, and the logistics that go on with that. And so they could be 100% happy with OfferPad, but if the moving company drops grandma's table, well, then they're mad at us, right? So it's really important for us um, as you know, for, to have vendors in there. So they were just in there today. We had our moving company in today. And so I, I have the same expectation for any vendor that works with OfferPad is you have to put the customer first. Um, you know, uh, what, what, what the, their cost is, we're very cost centric of what they're gonna do. And so we wanna make sure when customers leave, whether it's our title company, whether it's our moving company, whether you know, any company that, that, that you know, our mortgage company, whatever they're dealing with, that they, that they leave with a great experience. And so the vendors, you know, so we hold them very accountable for what they're gonna do, and which is really important, as you can imagine. Um, again, everyone lumps real estate a lot of times together. And so if, if anyone drops the ball, it, it, it's gonna lead to a bad customer experience, which, which we feel is unacceptable. Yeah, especially the moving side of it, because that's the last thing that happens. That's the last thing they remember. Right. So. And, and, and when it goes well, it goes really well. Yeah. Customers love it. But I mean, for example, and you know, you look at you know, and, and there's all the excuse with labor issues and everything else. But if if a mover says, "Hey, I can't be there today. I'd be there tomorrow." Well, no, 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 no. We, we're putting our customers in control, yeah. and so you need to be there today. So you know, th those are those are all different challenges. Um, but we want to make sure that that they're they are as just as motivated as we are to make that experience awesome. Yeah, great. So public versus private. What's changed for you? Like, do you have to have more security detail? Yeah. <laughs> does, your, does your communications yeah. team follow you around yeah, to make sure you well, don't say things? Believe it or not, they really, they just want to make sure I don't say anything to mess up is what, they, what they're worried about. But no, it, it is a different world. Like, I knew it would be a different world, but it's a different world. And, and more, more than, than really anything, it's, it's what your job as a, as a CEO of a public company is compared to what your job is of a private company is completely different. Um, and you know what I love is the operations and logistics and, and the customer experience. That that motivates me every day. When you get public, what you deal with is with earnings calls and mm -hmm. sell side investors and buy side investors. And you know, and what's interesting is 
you know, what, what you look at in, in the public world is what you can control. What I didn't appreciate is all the things that you can't control. You can go execute your, you can go execute your company as well as you can execute. You can go off, you know, off the charts with what you're doing and then gas prices do something or, you know, all these things that have nothing to do that affect your, when you're a private company, it's a little bit different. And, and so you know, those are all different things we're, we're having to get used to um, on that end of it. But the thing I do like about being public kind of comes back to one of the original things I said, it's being public is about results. Um, and, and, you know, they, they don't really care about how this, you know, how sausage is made and what's happened. Sometimes in the early VC days or private equity, they want to say, hey, you should hire this person or that person. In the public markets, it's like, listen, what are you going to go do and are you going to do it? Yeah. And, and that, that's, for, for us, that fits us very well because, you know, we, we, we do focus on results and, 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 and excuses. But it's definitely a different world. There's no, there's, there's no question. Yeah. It's, are you going to hit that forecast you gave us or not? Yeah, no, that's exactly <laughs> right. That, and and, yeah. and it's, a pretty simple, it's a pretty simple conversation, right? And, right. Um, but much, much different when you deal early on in the VC and private equity worlds. So um, I've got one more question for you, and then we're going to open it up to the audience for questions. Um, so... I work with a lot of founders and a lot of Arizona entrepreneurs. Um, I'm thrilled personally. I've been here yeah. since 2005, and to see how entrepreneurship has taken off, great companies have been built here. You know, Carvana going public, yep. you going public, uh, a lot of success out there. Talk to us about what you see as far as where's Arizona going. We're like we've kind of become a very cool ecosystem. Well, and and I will t I will tell you, um, I will always. There's a couple different things I always remember in the early days of OfferPad. One is a banker telling me when we were raising money, don't tell them you're from Arizona. <laughs> Early days. Because you're supposed to be, if it's not in San Francisco, it doesn't exist, right? Or even in New York, it doesn't exist. So you're going to look like, hey, don't, you know, don't do that. Um, and that was really, I almost took that as a challenge a little bit as well. And, and look, it wasn't my challenge. I mean, Arizona from the very top, um, you know, from, from Ducey and, and all our local, you know, I mean, just like in Chandler. Chandler's been an amazing place to grow, to grow a company and because they really care and they want to create jobs. And, and, and so it's been, it's been fascinating. So I, and, and, and where I feel like it's, and, and this is kind of my, what always makes me smile when I think of this, where it used to be, remember for early on, don't tell me you're from Arizona. Look at all the companies now that are coming to Arizona mm -hmm. because I've realized you know, oh, well, why are we paying those costs? And look at those. And, and, and I will tell you, we've never had um, a hard time recruiting great talent in Arizona. So we picked a lot of people off from Arizona. We have people all over the world that come to Arizona to work for us. And, and so, and, and as we all know, Arizona is a great place to live. It's a great place to live. And, I, you know, in, in the early days, I, I would have, I remember I, I, I talked to uh, our, or one of our CMOs at the time. They're like working for a large company. I think it was public at that time. And they're like, hey, come work for a little, little offer pad. They're like, move to Arizona, work for offer pad. And I'm working here. I'm, I'm pretty good. I said, do me a favor. Come out here. Let me do this. And then I, my, my trick at that time is just look at our home prices compared to yes. where you're at. <laughs> and at that time, like what you could get, what, what you could get for a million or $2 million, you know, well, two, you know, five years ago, yeah. was even more. Um, but what it, it drive them around, it, they were sold. And, and so that's where you can come here. And, and, and anyway, so, so that has been, I've been really proud about, you know, the, um, 
the, the, all the companies that have been very successful in Arizona, and you know, there's, there's, there's a bunch of them, and, um, and, and they've had to do it with early on with some challenges, but now kind of setting the path of there's going to be more and more companies that are going to, that are going to come out of Arizona, and, and so I, I think we should all be really proud. Yeah. A lot of the uh, entrepreneurs I talked to uh, five years ago, their investors would say, you've got to move your company to the Bay Area, right. or you've no. got to go to New York or Boston or somewhere. And, and I'm particularly excited that that's not the case now. But, but I, but I got to tell you, and, and I'm going to give you a little love here because it's people like you that have been working with entrepreneurs from the early stages of saying, hey, no, 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 Arizona, we are. Look at all the entrepreneurs. Yeah. Look at, and if we couldn't, just like anything else, if you don't perform, you're throwing out not really good companies, it doesn't work. You guys have, have done a really good job, you specifically, of taking entrepreneurs and, and, and shouting from the rooftops, telling the world, like, no, 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 don't ignore Arizona. And, and there's been, so it, it's, you know, you, Pioneer, and other things have really helped all of the companies that, 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 have, that have flourished in Arizona. And, and having a pro-business, um, just around us, Arizona is a pro-business state. And, and, and the way, even during COVID and some of the things that we saw, it, it, it was really special how kind of everyone kind of got together and, and blindly go, how do, we you know, how do we figure this out in a worldwide pandemic? And so anyway, it's, it, it, it's been fantastic. Right. Well, I know your schedule's pretty busy, yeah. but hopefully we can get you in to talk to some of our early stage founders yes. too. Yes. <laughs> so awesome. with that, I think we're going to go to Q&A. And looks like Chelsea's got a mic there. We're good. We're good. I need to have plants in the audience next time, so they ask me really <laughs> nice, easy questions. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Question: When you were thinking of the name of Offerpad, what other names did you pass on? <laughs> that's a great question. A whole bunch. They, uh, <laughs> that's a great. A whole bunch. Um, so my brother Casey came up with Offerpad, and at that time, there was two two things that were key to us. Um, I actually think this is going to sound really cheesy, and I hope it, you know, it will. Um, but a lot of that time, real estate was red and blue. Everything you go in real estate, you know, it was important to me, you know, living in real estate the last, you know, 15 years at that time. I'm going, you know, it has to be different. And so our color orange is, I think, has been really helpful with our brand and kind of sticks out a little bit because you don't see a lot of orange, real, especially with our real estate signs. The name um, Offerpad, there was, a, there was a lot of, I'm sure, a lot that we passed on, you know, like anything when you name a company. We, we wanted to make sure. Um, I know in the early days before OfferPad, it was called Bear Group Acquire. That was not good. So <laughs> there wasn't a lot to do with that. But yeah, it was, we, we're really happy with the name OfferPad. What's, 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 and you know, names are funny because once something lands, it lands. You know, maybe kind of like a child's name. You think of it like, oh my gosh, that works. That's kind of how OfferPad was. Nice. Any other questions? Linda's got one. I guess it's kind of two-part. Um, first of all, how do you keep from alienating, you know, real estate agents? Mm -hmm. And second is, you know, you do have a lot of competitors in the market, and what would you say how you're different? Yeah, great questions. First is, the last thing we want to do is alienate real estate agents. Um, and that's really important to me, even from the early days. I want to be a solution center for everybody, including agents. Um, right now, we have a program that agents love, um, and I have a whole team dedicated out there talking to agents about this, where when a real estate agent brings us their home before it hits the market, we'll pay them 3% commission on that home. Um, it's tough for us because that's much more than we, than we ever would pay. But what we wanna do is we wanna embrace the agent because what we know is important 
is the agents are out there talking to customers and we want the best thing for the customers. And what we have in common with real estate agents, they want the best thing for the customer as well. And so, it's, so that's, been, that's been really important to me to make sure that we don't alienate agents um, and that they're part of it. So we have teams are out there you know, around the country that are out there talking to um, real estate agents and explaining um, what, 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 OfferPad, what OfferPad is. The second part that, that I would challenge a little bit on that is people, and, and, I, have to, and I, I push back on investors on this as well, that, you know, I hear a lot that you have a lot of competition out there. If you really look at it, um, now, that, uh, you know, now that the Z is out of the space, um, that you know, there was three of us. There was, there, was, there was us, there was Open Door, and there was Zillow. Zillow's now out of the space. If you really look at competition, the people that are out there really wanting to buy homes that are buying homes at volume, and, and we're talking thousands of homes, there's really us and Open Door um, that, that are doing that at, at volume. And so, you know, there's some SFR players, there's some different things, but, but to buy homes, um, you know, one of the challenges we have in, in, in the market is there's a, lot of, there's a lot of noise out there saying, hey, you know, we're, we're an iBuyer, we wanna buy your home. Um, and so we have to distance ourselves from that noise because a lot of them want them to, a lot of names want to go the traditional route and not go this. And so that's been a challenge, um, but, but what we want to do is give the customer choice and, um, and, and, and go from there. So, so, so we're, we're a couple different things um, and, and open door. We're more like open door than different than open door at first to start. Um, the one I have a lot of respect for Open Door because they have the same mission that we do is make it easy for the the customer to sell their home. That that that's that's where we're different is two different practical things that we're different. Um, our solution center is different than theirs as far as the way we approach the customer journey um, is is one. But the second part is um, what what we're able and willing to buy because of our real estate experience. What Open Door would like to buy is newer homes with very little renovation and put them right back on the market for a service fee. Our model is a little bit different because we think there's two ways to add value to, to, you know, to, to a home. One is buying the home for the service fee, very similar. But the second part is um, being able to use our renovation teams to maximize the price of that home. And so in, in a lot of our markets, um, Arizona is one of our, our markets that we do probably the least renovation in just because you have newer inventory across the board. But you look at places like Tampa and Raleigh, and you know what you have a lot of older inventory. But we'll do renovations from thousand dollars up to hundred thousand dollars. And so what you'll see is the type of product that we buy different. We do compete on some of the newer product, but you'll see us that we 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 value and and, and just to get one step further there, um, we we in house a lot of our renovation teams. They're employees of OfferPad, um, and so we don't contract them out. They're to the person in in uh, you know name 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 the market Denver. Um, you know, renovation director, the project manager, and the and the uh, the, pro, uh, the the foreman are all employees. About down to some people who swing the hammer. And what I pride myself in is because of our renovation, we're putting a better product on the home for the customer because we're that we're we're and I don't want to oversell myself about revitalizing the community, but we are making a better product down there. You know, adding new roofs, new this and that, and um, so that that's probably where we're different more on, on the renovation and then and then all of our solutions that we add. Great. Do we have any other audience questions? She'll, she'll bring you the mic. Yeah, just in case. I'm coming. If I have to use a mic, you do too. <laughs> Thank you. Hi. Okay. I'm wondering with how hectic the market has been lately, what are things that you have done or seen to um, 
you know, uphold your company culture or continue to motivate your employees, like best practices to keep them motivated and going with all the craziness yeah. going on? The, the most important thing is you ha we have to control what we can control. That is by far the most. And, and you know, from the, we know, and then when you say market, I don't know if you're talking, you know, the, the overall uh, uh, economic market or if you're talking the real estate market, but I'll kind of take a little bit of those. But on the real estate market, what's really important is, is you see the market starting to add from no inventory to some inventory to potentially maybe a lot of inventory. Um, what we do is we want to stay flexible and we know that market conditions, no matter what they are, that real estate market conditions are always changing. And that's why we have a ground game in all of our markets to make sure we're prepared for that and to make sure we have our ear to the ground of what the markets are doing. So you want to stay ahead of that. From a cultural standpoint, um, you know, it, 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 you want to make sure, again, that, that people are understanding the mission and the customer. I mean, still today we're focused on the customer, but also that, that they are, they're not taking, the, again, what we can control and that results are going to solve everything. Because what happens in markets like this is there's a lot of excuses, a lot of excuses that can happen. Well, we're not doing this because of this. Well, you know, we're, we don't have tile for this house because there's supply issues. They're, you know, they're, they're just, you, where do they stop, right? And so what you want to do is you want to challenge yourself is how do we limit the excuses to how do we, how do we keep performing? And so the people that fit in really well at OfferPad, you know, we're, we're, I would say we kind of have an underdog mentality a little bit of, a, of, of hey, let's go show them. And, and, you know, I always tell everyone, I, every time I hire a C-level person, a VP-level person, whatever, I tell them the same thing. If you're here sitting behind, and you think you're going to sit behind a desk and kind of point to people what to do, you're at the wrong company. Um, when you come in here, it's, everyone's rolling up their sleeves. Everyone's a player coach. And we're kind of all in the, in, in the trenches together of going to figure this thing out and pioneer it. And so people you really get behind that. And so every challenge, we kind of get ourselves motivated on that. And I, I was with, um, I did a two-day offsite with some of our teams earlier this week of just all the challenges we have and how do we get better. And, 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 and so anyway, it's just always, and, and I'll tell you the other thing that, that um, companies need to do a better job of, and I, I, I pride myself on what we do, is communication with, with our team members. Because, you know, it, when, when you're sitting there and you're in the C-suite or whatever else, you got to let, we have a lot of really, really smart people that work for us, and companies have a lot of really smart people, and sometimes they shield information or they try to sugarcoat things, and you don't need to. People, people, they, 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 they get it, and, and you just got to say, here's the challenges, how do we fix it? And sometimes there's not an easy answer, but you got to start somewhere, yeah. and you got to jump in. So that, that's, that's been, that's, that's been um, something that we've really, really been pushing lately. Great insight. Well, we so appreciate you telling your story, and, and I'm so happy that you've built this here in Chandler. So thank you very much. Thank Ron you very much, everyone. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Great. Yeah.